Hello, everybody. My name is Erica Mode Steam, and this is my friend Jet. Hello. And welcome to Tuned In. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Iron Giant this week, and there will be some major spoilers. We're going to be talking about the whole movie and even some behind the scenes information. So I hope you're ready for a nice hour with the two of us and a lot of trivia. Anyway, we are going to be talking about the Iron Giant. Yes. One of Brad Bird's famous Warner Brothers film. Yes. He also worked on The Incredible, correct? The yeah. Incredible. Cool. Also, he started working for Disney on The uh, the Black Cauldron in 1984, I believe. Wow. He's been in the industry a long time, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. 1985. My bad. Yeah. Cool. Yep. And... So, Go ahead. <laughs> just, kinda, just trying to formulate how to approach this problem like Dean. Gotta make an art piece here. Dean podcast. is like the best character. Yes, he is, but he doesn't start the movie. Iron Giant starts off with a nice space art, doesn't it? Something yes, out of the- something out of a Ray Bradbury uh, novel. Yes, it's very 50s, and the movie definitely gets its 50s vibe down. And speaking of the 50s, it even starts with Sputnik going across the orbit, <laughs> making an orbit around the Earth. Mm-hmm. And we, as the Iron Giant comes in as the asteroid and goes right past it, it's a very awesome way to start the movie as a throwback to the 50s and during a like a gloomy storm off of like an ocean oh yes and the fisherman what do you did you catch his name by chance i didn't i didn't like i just know i just call him the fisherman because he's just like he's just so scared out of his mind because he gets thrown off his ship and he's sees the giant yeah, it's like he hits Godzilla or something. Yeah, and he's yeah. just like, I am traumatized! And everyone calls him a loon, poor thing. Yeah, they never believe those old coots. Poor McGucket. No. <laughs> I'm gonna call him old man McGucket, you know, from Gravity Falls, because that's honestly what he's, how he's getting those vibes on. <laughs> yeah, really. And, uh... What happens after that? Then we we see the town in the day, right? The next day. Mm-hmm. And... It's a nice uh, town of Rockwell, you know? you know, Like uh, Norman Rockwell, like... because he was really big during that time, the artist. I wondered why I love that town so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just that whole aesthetic. Yeah. Is Rockwell in New England by chance? I... That would be so. hilarious if it could be a Stephen King story. It looks, well, it looks like a, a town on the East Coast to me. Fair. So then we're introduced to our little scamp, Hogarth. He, uh, he brings a squirrel into the restaurant, correct? Yeah, the, the restaurant where, his, the diner where his mother works. Uh, her mother, who is voiced by Jennifer Aniston. Oh. What else has she done? A lot of things. I think Sex in a City, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Ooh. I'm afraid I have not seen that. No, wait, 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 wait. 
Wait, is it? No, I know she was in Marley and Me. Office makes a good girl. Um, the television adaption of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. What? I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, man. Oh, she was on Friends, of course. She was, like, part of the main cast in Friends. Duh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that's Jennifer Aniston. Cool. All these funny shows. Good, good pick of actress. Choice of actress, excuse me. Yeah, she really dedicates her role. I mean, it's just... Uh, her, her role, it isn't a bit part, but she plays her part very well. Yeah, her delivery is really good. Yeah, especially later on after a, a certain scene, but we'll get to that <laughs> when we get to that. Next, we're introduced to Dean, a greaser-looking type, and he's just the he's not. Thing. He's not a greaser, he's a beatnik. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the opposite end of a... Of a of a greaser. Kind of like the the liberal of the 50s. Oh, those dang liberals. <laughs> he's no hippie, eh? <laughs> well, yeah, like, he's just like, in it's art! <laughs> he's very, uh, avant-garde. Yes. Yeah, he's very, he's very hip. He's just, he just rolls with it. Yes, he is. And, uh, Hogarth, you see, Hogarth's a little troublemaker. He accidentally, um, the squirrel gets loose in the restaurant and uh, <laughs> makes itself known. And we got funny joke right off the bat of the movie. Well, I mean, like, so I gotta admire Dean's reaction when he notices that the squirrel is in his pants and he's just trying his best to. Uh, impress Holgosh's mother because you know she's hot, you know, oh, and and he's just like, I'm going to do everything I can to not get this kid in trouble. I want to make him look good in front of his mom. He took this horrible situation like a champ. Oh my god, yeah, he's just like I can just feel his struggle. <laughs> Great animation. It was really, it was really well delivered, and then. Uh, then he just gets up and walks a bit, and he's like, well, what does he say? I think he says, like, Ever ladies and gentlemen, I'm really sorry about this. And he just, like, unzips and lets the squirrel out of his pants. And it's like a shake, rattle, and roll scene as the squirrel causes havoc and check, please. <laughs> and then, uh, Hogarth, you see, his mother has to work late after that. How nice of them to put, uh, make her work late when it was her kids making the mistake, eh? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, he, of course, is the responsible little boy that he is, goes home and, uh, stays up all late watching monster movies. Hogarth, <laughs> don't stay up late! <laughs> typical, no. typical boy, uh, eating sugar, you know, Cereal junk food. Made it, made a pillow fort, watching uh, the best fifties movie ever. Uh, by oh, the, way. the best quality TV screen. Let's not forget. Oh yes, an enormous fourteen inch. <laughs> uh, yeah, very tiny. But that yeah, movie, that movie was legit fifties though. <laughs> oh yes, oh, it was typical fifties. It was all it the really rage. I can't 
I really can't get over how well they nailed the 50s aesthetic in the movie. Yeah, like, they kept it very consistent. They, you know, you can realize they, I mean, you can uh, notice how they, they done their the research culture, on that time the, period. Yeah, how everybody talked, the, the culture, the paranoia. I mean, even Brad Bird himself was born in 1957, so he's got, like, some memory of how the 50s were. Well, I mean, barely, but mostly the 60s. But you get, you know, he has parents that told him how it was. Pretty cool. And so, but then the TV craps out and he goes outside, Hogarth does, with his, I love how he has, a, what is it, a BB gun with a flashlight attached to it? Yeah, like, like he, you know, he's, he's taped, he taped his flashlight to his, his little, little uh, it looked like a Red Rider, like one of those Red Rider gun, uh, BB guns that you would just give to like a an eight year old. He'll shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> we just talked about Christmas and it's coming back to haunt us. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, then he goes out into the woods. You know what I, I find really fascinating in these animated movies? How they're able to animate flashlight lights. I got no clue how they do that. That's a special effect, I feel. I think that's a special effect. How does he meet the Iron Giant? Does he hear it? See it? Um, so it was trapped in the electric, that electric, uh, was was it called? Transformer? Yeah, it walks past him and starts eating the the power station definitely the most 50s thing a giant metal monster can do and i love it to pieces yes i mean it's even named oh yeah he he notices the tractor has been bit into as well oh yeah i forgot about the tractor he's like invaders from mars oh yes what is that i can't remember the guy's name but he's a great part of the movie too the uh, government inspector. Oh, Mansley. Uh, Kent Mansley. I like how um, he is just as skeptical as... You know, when you're first introduced to him, he's like super serious and skeptical, but then he gets extraordinary evidence of extraordinary claims. <laughs> you want me to ruin him for you? Sure. So, if... Syndrome from The Incredibles had his hair cut. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh no. Like yes. Can you see oh, it though? I see it now. I also see You're it welcome. <laughs> and that just popped into my head. I'm just like, Ken Mansley, okay, I know what he looks like. Oh my god. He kind of looks like Syndrome. He really does have that tall... Uh football head doesn't he and a creepy smile big things happen in big places his smug <laughs> expressions are so great in the movie they are and his like his uh just all of his reactions he's a very zany character when it comes to like re- just reacting to things like surprise and shock and a almost an insanity smile. very zany and manic he is yeah, he's just like, he's willing to do anything. He he claims he wants to do anything for the country. 
even nuke himself. Well, not quite nuke himself. But, but we'll get that to that. <laughs> Sorry, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves here. We Woo! Haven't <laughs> Zero to 100 real quick. Yeah, we haven't even met Mansley yet, and we're already talking about him. <laughs> uh, after that near-death experience for Hogarth and the Giant when he gets zapped to heckin' back, you would think that an overcharge of electricity would do the Giant good, but hey. Don't don't ruin it by thinking about it too hard. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> Hogarth saves him by turning off the transformer. And he runs away because he's just like, oh my god, it's a huge robot. I, I gotta get home. And he meets his mom who came home and saw I was missing his drove out into the forest to find him and her reaction to getting him back is just really authentic and very good. Makes you feel. <laughs> like she says enough that, that she's not in the mood for more for the supposed wildness of his claims. Like her worried reaction almost reminds me of how uh, Nani from uh, Lilo and Stitch was. You know, her reactions to like how worried she was. And she's exploring, trying to find what ate the TV antenna, and uh, then he comes to... And he was just trying to tell her, Mom, Mom, look, you won't believe what I saw! And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the typical kid trying to explain things that sound really crazy, and the parent ending up not believing them, and just like, you know, let's go home. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Indeed. Never mind all that. And then we meet our man, Kent, though. Kent Mansley. Kent was Let's... called for, uh, he was called in, uh, by that ship, the fisherman. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. That is why the fisherman, he's like, he just comes back and tells these, this bloated story at that diner where they were before. And that's how Mansley comes to be. Yeah. I like how, I think it said in the audio commentary of the movie that the construction worker that Kent talks to, uh, like the, right at the end of their scene, he accidentally uh, says Mansley's name wrong. I can't remember what he says, but he says, like, if his name's Mansley, he might have called him Mansley. Um, Where were we? I was kind of thinking about War of the Worlds, but... I mean, there's just, I took science fiction literature back in college, and I could, I can barely remember only a few uh, short stories I read. Like, I, I was kind of, like, thinking about uh, the, the TikTok man and stuff like that. That's, a, like, a famous science fiction character that kind of reoccurs in some uh, uh, pop culture um, I don't think there's any references to the day the Earth stood still in that. I'm not sure the, either. Unless maybe you count the robot having a glass protective dome. Oh, or was that from the Fallout games? I don't actually remember. <laughs> when you get con when no, you get no, that was the planet. Excuse me. Uh, when you get mixed up with uh, mixed All up Fallout story. with actual historical events, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. I'm a history graduate. 
Um, so, anyway. so right around the junkyard. Yeah. $600 worth of money. Holy cow. <laughs> oh my goodness. We have a, a lot of uh, weed right now. <laughs> Sorry. We were, so in the movie, uh, back to where we were. In the junkyard scene, do you want to talk about the junkyard scene after, uh, after the, um, after Hogarth gets away from, uh, Mansley? The junkyard scene. So, I'm trying to I remember. Think that, I think this is, so that night, uh, Dean does see, uh, the giant have a nightmare about where he, his origins are. Oh yeah, and, after... and it shows up through the TV. Yeah, that's yeah, it's really projected on the TV, and that was really weird because it's just like the the Iron Giant's reception was coming through cable and on screen, and Dean just just woke up to see like the final projection, and it freaked him out. And he looks over at the giant and. It, he just kind of turns off and goes back to sleep. He was kind of, almost like sleepwalking. You know? Wow. It was re But it's a really nice take on how, like, like PTSD yeah, works and, and stuff. Like, that's kind of like the personified version of how people and animals alike go through PTSD. They have the nightmares and any anything that triggers their uh, memory, like, say, a gun. Like, you know, an image oh, of a gun or even a toy gun that's harmless. It just triggers, it just triggers that uh, defensive response. Yeah, you can't help it. No, yeah, you can't help it. And uh, I think that was a really plus it was just really awesome important message yeah robot. plus it's awesome that the robot's dreams manifest through uh, the television that's just a really clever idea yeah it's a way that um, Dean could see well could he think how much of a like a monster he is. By seeing yeah, it on, like, visually, and, you know, you, you can't just walk into somebody's dreams. I mean, that was just, it was just a, a really good convenience that he was a robot who had reception, who can project what he sees onto screen. Indeed. So, anyway, after that, then Hogarth, um, and Hogarth gets away from Mansley. Uh, another deleted scene in which he does that. Oh man, we, somewhere along the way we skipped where he uh, we get the duck and covers uh, throwback. Oh my gosh, the when he when Hogarth was in the classroom and they were showing a projected uh, message about like you know those little nuclear war um, tapes or Atomic whatever the footage of how to protect yourself in during a nuclear war. And oh, it was just, it was the total cheese of the 1950s. Like, that was all the, that's what everybody was talking about. And they made these stupid, oh, 
inaccurate videos of how to protect yourself in case of a nuclear bomb. Just get under your desk and cover your head. That was it. Yep. Obviously, that's obviously this little piece of wood and metal will protect you from uh, radiation and uh, <laughs> a force of air. Of just total debris, debris just city. collapsing on your uh, on your back. <laughs> yeah, and superheated air just that makes everything go poof. But yeah, uh, vaporized. Don't, <laughs> don't make Americans have an existential crisis. No, they no, might no. Go, no. They might be get friendly with the Soviets or something. <laughs> anyway, um, so Hogarth was listening to like his buddies talk about something what in the back the of the classroom about the giant and then Holgarth was just sitting there drawing the the giant eating metal and everything else yeah or, I, really you know, like he's... Metal. I like so how cool. Holgarth teaches the giant about superman and what was good and bad oh yes you know just like but... you know you're not this robot guy you see on the cover he's bad you're like superman he's Good. <laughs> no, Atama. Do you remember if a if Atama was real? If what? Do you know if Atama was real? Like how Superman is real? Atama. Oh, um, no, I don't remember. No, I don't. Well, it seems there is an Atama, but it's not the robot. Or Atama? Mm. I am not superheroes. Huh. I don't know. I, I'm not big into comics, unfortunately. So that's not my that's not my my expertise my expertise. That's fair. Me neither. So even when they were, so, when the giant, uh, you know, s stays with Dean at the scrapyard, Holgarth would visit them both, and they would play and stuff, and go, like, to the lake, and, and, ju and jump and swim. But, uh, there was this one incident where Holgarth actually pulled out a toy gun, and acted oh, yeah. like he was shooting it, and then it triggered that defense response mechanism, yeah. the defense mechanism on the giant and he almost ended up killing Holgarth with a laser yeah and Holgarth just happens to duck and doesn't even realize it yeah until uh, Dean like ran up and uh, the second time and and saved him from the second blast so the giant feels horrible because he basically lost all of his uh his humanity at that instance and uh re after he regained consciousness he was just like what did i do you know it's scary because yeah. like once uh, there's like people who have ptsd that do that just kind of lose like they lose themselves for a little bit because they just kind of resort back to a, a, a safe environment or something or a uh, a def like a defensive mode and they just shut down and I think that's a like f 
for a, a movie that's for kids, like that's a lot to yeah, take in. I feel that is pretty heavy. Yeah, if you think about it, uh, it's you know, on the surface air, on the surface level, it's just kind of like, I mean, it's a it's a giant, you know, it's it's. It's not from this world. It's a. It's like from aliens, you know. But you know, you don't know what it's going to do. You just assume that it's dangerous. But it could yeah. be anybody. You know. Yeah, it could be you. It could be me. Mm-hmm. Is the giant a gun or is it a person? But Dean quickly realize realizes that the it giant was only it acting in self defense because it dawned on him. That he only did that when Hallgarth was playing with the gun. Yeah, like you said, he reacted. So he gun. knows that he's. So he knows that he's not evil. Yeah, good thing too, because uh, Kent Mansley sure doesn't know, and if or if he does, he doesn't care. Uh, that's the truth. Oh, and the giant saves two boys from a roof. When they were, you know, playing around. They were spotting the the giant from a distance or something. What were they yeah. spotting on? Yeah, I think it was I think it was him. And the people were just looking up at the giant like in awe or in amazement. They didn't really freak out. They just kinda stood there. Until like the military started shooting at him. Oh, I forgot. I forgot that uh, Mansley... Uh... So, the reason why he was interrogating Holgarth in particular was because he found his little BB gun at the Transformer where the giant almost, you know, was getting electrocuted. So, that's why Mansley was just so keen on getting Holgarth to spill the beans. Because he found his name on the gun. He had proof. He had proof. I have proof. Yeah, mm. I forgot how he told the general that, but and was avid. So, and the reason why uh, Holgar sent him sent the giant to Dean was that uh, Dean made him into like an art piece, <laughs> so to speak, like a te like an art subject. So that like when the that. government went in to, like, inspect, uh, there he was. It was just a, a sculpture, <laughs> so to speak. And the government was just like, Mansley, no. what did you do? You wasted all this government money just to show us a museum or something. And, yeah. and then they left. The well, line. they were leaving town until Mansley spotted the giant in the town, and they just whipped back around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, when uh, Kent spots the giant as they're leaving, evacuating town, that's, that's really funny. He, his reaction to it is just the priceless. Oh, yeah. So, Mansley has, like, some of the best reactions. Like, I hate the dude. I hate the dude so much, but you can't help but to be like, he deserves he deserves what he's feeling, honestly. He does what? He deserves to feel, like, very, um, erratic. Yeah. Um. Exactly. So, they start shooting at the giant. 
in town with all the people around, mind you, you know, casualties, potential casualties. Yeah. And they convince, uh, to... Body count of this movie. <laughs> oh, I don't, they don't tell you that. I don't think <laughs> because buildings did get crushed or whatever. I thought, or at least yeah. damaged on the sides. Uh, the general knows? was ready to, like, uh, was going to send a nuke because you know, Mansley was instructing him to like we should, we should bomb, we should bomb this place. <laughs> We should bomb the giant. Where's the giant, Mansley? <laughs> Where's the giant? <laughs> oh, that even the giant looks at him like he just shrinks and just kind of like we're all gonna die. And he just jumps in a car. And he's he's like he's like no man. Make sure he stays here and and. Def- and uh, defends his country. He's like, I don't want to defend my country. I want to live. I want to live. <laughs> One of the best line in in the whole entire movie. It was <laughs> love it to pieces. But yeah, as the nuke was accidentally launched and on its way to the town, like everybody was in total despair and. You know, it's not going to matter if they go to a shelter or anything because they're just going to get blown up. And I could just see all their faces just like... Oof. <laughs> um, can you imagine uh-huh. being, like, knowing that your your entire city is going to get bombed? I can't. And then the giant kind of quickly, yeah. like, tells Holgarth to stay... Stay behind, no following, and My basically heart. sacrifices himself to uh, get rid of the bomb. Yes, he does, like a champ, Superman. Superman. Like... <laughs> all my, all my feels, all the time. All the time. Uh, yeah, and after that. Months later, uh, Dean made a memorial in the park in, uh, that was the giant. Uh, him and Holgar's mother began a relationship, I think. It kind of hints that, because she calls him honey, and it's just like, oh, okay, cool, they got together. And, uh, Holgar's, uh, gets a package from the general containing, uh, a piece, a piece from a, the giant that the military found. The one piece they found. The one piece they found, and it looked like a screw. But uh, we I saw guess that was the government's telling telling him screw screw you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, um, <laughs> um, yeah, remembering the giant's ability to self repair, which I forgot that was a thing that's like. That's a secret tool that'll help us out later, kind of thing. Um, the giant can repair itself. It could, uh, it like it, like I said, it has like uh, sensors that, like waves of information that uh, communicate it's with its body, and it just kind of fixes itself. Yeah, it's really cool. So, it showed like v- visuals of. Russia 
like the oh, snowy yeah, the snowy ends of Russia having pieces of the giant from where it exploded out in near outer space and the it's like the leg and the arms and then the head just kind of it kind of the camera kind of zooms in on the face and the eyes just kind of lighting back up again I thought that was kind of neat just reassembling self giving giving a a happy ending yeah the giant even smiles like right as it put finishes but well doesn't finish but gets itself together again that's very and nice. it kind of and and I just noticed that I now that I think about it I think it I think big hero six kind of perhaps took that that element I'm, of you know not everything has to end sad like but like a on a amb ambiguous note. Like, yeah. you know, the giant's still out there. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I hate to uh, notice such a thing, but if the giant can repair himself and he is, like, just insta-death machine, giants are pretty dangerous, aren't they? They're kind of, like, and, invincible. And they don't know, like, their own strength, too, compared to, like, everything around them. Yeah. Like, but, they really don't, do they? But as far as, like, the character and the story, the characters, the story, and the animation, how, how would you rate this film? Pretty high. It's got very nice animation. Backgrounds are beautiful, especially the forests. Yeah. The, uh, what else? The integration of 2D and 3D is just marvelous. Yeah, like, like, it just felt like they were part of the same universe, just in, you know, it was, I think it was just easier to explain, you know, a robot coming in from outer space. It, it looks just a little bit different from the 3D character. I mean, the, excuse me, the hand-drawn characters. <laughs> but, yeah, it, they had a really good animation team from what I, from what I see. Mm -hmm. They definitely did, and they used it to the best of their abilities, and they... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah, like, it, the, it had a good marketing, from what I see. Yeah. Uh, good marketing, uh, good critical response. Like, it received a 96 approval rating based on... 143 reviews is what I'm seeing on Wikipedia right now. Uh, a score of 8 out of 10. Uh, and so it was it was not bad, but I feel like it deserved more than it got for its time. Yeah, there's a lot I of I mean, being a film that well. came out in 1999, like, that was before... That was before Disney uh, implemented... Three most most three D stuff in their uh, own stuff. Now Pixar, Pixar uh, uh, didn't come into like, like Disney didn't buy Pixar until later. So Pixar was their own thing. But like Toy Story set the standards for three D, as I've said before. So yeah. it was huge. But people saw that you know the money was in three D, and. I think that's why this one didn't 
get like it didn't receive critical acclaims as they were hoping. Yeah. But the, then again, this was 1999, so a big transform uh big uh transformations were going through Warner Brothers, DreamWorks, and Disney at this time. So it was really chaotic. <laughs> Indeed. I'm afraid I don't really know very much about the studio history of the time. Yeah, uh, I feel like, like I feel like the history of like any uh, may any any corporate uh, animation corporation would have uh, impacts on animation quality. Indeed, this movie certainly uh, didn't suffer for animation. Yeah, it's good that when... it didn't really suffer too much. It just didn't. Uh, it's a cult classic. Absolutely, it's, it's an absolute, and it won, it won Annie Awards too. So it wasn't all that bad. No, not at all. Brad Bird even won some some things for it, so that's probably why Disney was like, "Hey, he did the Iron Giant. Come work with us over at Pixar," you know. Woohoo. So yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, we're going to start wrapping it up, and uh, saying that you know th this film was, it's a really good uh, watch for those who haven't. Mason or Manson. Something and, like that. Yeah. But they keep that in there because even though it's just a friendly little interaction, it kind of emphasizes how uh, Kent is so angry with the world because nobody takes him seriously, as we see later when the, the general laughs at him, pretty much. Yeah, just like, you know, because his job is basically like, you know, investigating the unknown or things that don't really exist. It's a shame his department isn't called the cryptid department or something like that. Well, uh, and it was during, this was all during, this takes place during the Red Scare, so it's just like, you know, communism bad, and, you know, Russians are always on our tail kind of thing, so that's, he was very xenophobic, Mansley was, very xenophobic. Too bad they weren't so set on uh, killing the giant, maybe they could have had Liberty Prime in real life, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's no gun. He just, he's just a, uh, tell him it's a football player. <laughs> so, oh, I forgot what happens after that. So let me see. He, I think he's introduced and then, I don't think he calls the military man until after the train. Oh, right, right. Okay, so I remember the train scene because there's two characters in there that are very minor to the story, but are very important animation-wise. So, you know, um, oh, yeah. Frank and Ollie, one of the two nine of the nine men Disney legends. That's really uh, awesome. Ollie Thompson and Frank... Um, oh. Walters? No, Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston. Ah... They were the voices of the engineer, the engineer and the fireman, and and Ollie, who you know, who has that mustache and is he sounds so old. He's like, "Well, Frank, tell him what you saw," you know, and, and it's just like <laughs> I can't believe they were they. It was I a love. it was a nice crossover. I feel. Yeah. Um, it's it's very ironic that the Disney's nine old men would show up in a Warner Brothers. Right? Movie. All right. And I'm just like, what are you two doing here? 
<laughs> you see, this foreshadows um, Brad's career hopping between Warner, Disney, and Pixar. <laughs> I think so, yeah. But that is a really cool little nod in there. Yeah, so that, the whole, the train incident was uh, the That's giant awesome. try to eat the track, and he was trying to put it back together because Hogarth told him, no, put that back! <laughs> yes, we skipped where the giant meets Hogarth proper. Oh, yeah, gosh, we're just kind of like bouncing oh. around now. <laughs> Hogarth, I remember Hogarth. I think that's what happens right after uh, the Kent scene. Hogarth tries to find the giant again, brings him a, a piece of sheet metal. And yeah. he brings a camera like he's trying to hunt for Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, and he's like, hey, big metal guy, I got food here for you. <laughs> and it's just like, a, you know, a, a boy trying to like lure a dog or something. And it's like once yeah. you feed them, you know, they'll just follow you <laughs> i love how they treat the giant as like a, almost like a pet in that way yeah he even puts him in the barn very but almost childlike if you think about it like very uh limited emotions um Hogar is a great child character just for the record yes he's a very uh a very bright one and quick thinking too for for his age Seriously. Like, he knows how to improvise very well. Yeah, I would not be nearly as good as uh, Emmett dealing with the whole giant and hiding the giant and uh, nuking yourself. <laughs> yeah. As Hogarth does. He's a champ. Taking one for the team. Yeah. So after he, uh, he accidentally takes a picture of himself while trying to find the giant... And then he realizes the giant was standing behind him for hours. And then we, uh, the giant follows him, and they uh, they kind of meet, and uh, the giant learns how to say rock and tree and sit down. Yeah, I, I thought about, like, Bambi at that point. You know, how Thumper teaches Bambi how to say bird. And that was kind of like a... It's like a... Per, it's. It's like an interpersonal, um, you know, introduction to, like, how things work in the world. And Hogarth was trying to teach him, you know, what was good and what was bad. You know, yeah. just how you do to children. Call me nuts, but I swear that in the soundtrack, there's just a tiny little jingle that sounds ever so slightly like a computer startup when the giant... I think it's when he sits down and then he gets into like a more casual position like Hogarth is. Right. Something like that. Something. And speaking of the giant, how more a uh, robot can you get when he's voiced by Vin Diesel? Yes. I mean, Vin Diesel. The, his deep voice too. And they just made it a little robotic. Oh, by the way, I can I just say how much I love the integration between 3D and 2D in this film. Yeah, the the giant is all 3D, but he looks he works so great in the 2D environment. It's amazing. And he he looks like that he just fits in there. Like he doesn't feel like he's like, well, I mean, he he's supposed to look like he's from a, another planet. That's the thing about a robot coming into planet earth is that it looks foreign it looks 
it sticks out like a sore thumb. But in this case, like animation-wise, they made the giant 3D, but they also had 2D elements to him, though, so that it was almost like a layered process. You know, I can't what I mean? imagine what it could have, how hard it would have been to animate the giant by hand. Well, um, they used to, the same thing in uh, Treasure Planet. They just kind of took like a, a 2D character and kind of placed a 3D mechanical arm onto, like, say, uh, Ah, uh, Long John. Long John, yeah. Silva. Yeah. We should talk about that movie sometime. It's great. Yeah, there should be another episode. Um, yeah. So, after the train... So, he hits the train, and, and then he, we learn he can fix himself. He's hungry. That's why he was trying to eat the, the, the train, so Hogarth takes him to Dean. To his junk scrapyard. Lest not, lest we not forget the hiding the uh, robot dog hand, though scene. Oh yeah, he takes him home first, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's like, "This is not gonna work because <laughs> yeah, you just can't hide the giant on you your can't... property like that." No, it's Mansley already snooping around too. Oh, I love this. Is like the... he was trying to hide the hand. The hand was kind of walking like a dog in the house. The yeah, giant's hand. And, and then when he went, goes to open the door, like he he tries to distract his mom by throwing things in the kitchen to like get her away from the living room. And he opens the door outside. And there he goes, Mansley. He's like, hello, young man. This is Mansley. I'm here from, I work for the government. And he immediately shuts the door and way you know, the hand is gone. <laughs> So that was a wild scene. That was like That was a great joke. It was a great it was a great cover up scene. I liked it. Yeah. I love the timing of I work for the government slam. <laughs> it's like nope, none of that. Yeah. And so anyway, he eventually gets the uh, robot out of the hand out of the out of the house through the bathroom window. Mhm. Not before uh with great timing, he uh, covers it up, makes it makes them think he was going to the bathroom, and uh, Kent gets his face squished in the door. Best <laughs> moment of the critical... entire film. Yep, not a critical part, but the movie just wouldn't be the movie without it. Nope. That art scene are like the best instances in the movie. Oh, I I like another scene, but we'll, we'll get to it. Um, so. Memes, I'm saying. Memeable scenes. Hogarth had to hide uh, the giant in in his barn for a little bit before they he takes him to Dean, because he knew that Dean had a scrapyard, so... I love how when they're trying to find some more scrap between them and the barn, no, the scrapyard, they, uh, the giant hides as a burger statue. When they were about to eat the yes, uh, like a well, yeah, like a not a statue, but like a billboard, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a great shot. I think that was a great way of disguising him. The giant's a new immigrant, and already he's saluting. He's very patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and Hogarth has been in 
interrogated by Mansley like forever. It's an like an ongoing investigation, asking like just being around him at every whim, asking him random questions. Hey, like, hello, sport. How's it going? <laughs> Dean's hey. reaction. Sorry to jump back. No, Dean's okay. reaction to the giant is just a great. <laughs> he get uh, Hogarth gets all super uh, up on caffeine and. He is the one who's shivering and all that, and then later on, Dean is shivering with fear when he sees the giant for the first time. Oh, he just gets up and walks to his door, like, to his place and shuts the door on Hogarth. It was just a fucking mood. <laughs> like, it's just like, you know what, I'm, 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 he's like, I am too high for this. That's it, I drunk, or I drunk too much coffee, I'm just like... My brain is too buzzy f to process all this. But no, he just, uh, he's scared out of his wits. Then I, you know, I, I only re realized watching it this time around that Hogarth uh, didn't actually get any sleep those days. It's crazy. I think there was a deleted scene about that of Hogarth dealing with being tired and uh, Kent with the uh, Luxo. With, you mean with the the nightmare? Oh, the nightmare does happen. I wanted to talk about that, but that's not until later. No, I, I just like that scene, though, about the nightmare. I'm disappointed that the version of the movie I watched didn't have the nightmare. I heard that if you get the Iron Giant now... It does come with it, but, like, it got... I, I There was a reason why it got deleted, but I'm not quite sure. I suppose it does i mean i the bonk on the head but i suppose it does kind of make you wonder okay this guy w was in fact made with a purpose as a war machine so like as to destruction yeah so like the klingon empire is canon right <laughs> basically <laughs> i mean they the did use klingon uh language and uh Atlantis the Lost Empire. <laughs> but oh, that's um, a whole other movie and whole other uh, company. <laughs> yeah. I love... Well, I hate to skip ahead right now, but I just want to comment on the Giants um, war mech design, if you will. I love how it's like a callback to all the good science fiction of the day. Like war, The tentacles are like from the 1950s version of War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. Before I end the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to Yikes on Mics. It has been one of my favorite uh, podcasts that I've been listening to for creepypasta and abnormal stories. So if you are into that, you should definitely check Yikes on Mics on Spotify. Thank you for listening and we'll hope to see you next time.